The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 23 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two comedy episodes of The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. We'll begin after this short break. Created by Irving Brecker, The Life of Riley featured the comic misadventures of Chester A. Riley, an inept but good-hearted blue-collar factory worker and father of two, played by screen actor William Bendix. Riley's wife, Peg, tried in vain to prevent her hot-headed husband's interventions, which only made matters worse and usually ended in an embarrassing revelation. With a tendency to try and solve non-existent problems, Riley sought advice from his best friend and next-door neighbor, Gillis. But this only led to further complications and misunderstandings. Help came from Digger Odell, the friendly undertaker, who offered gruesome theories laced with repetitive puns, brilliantly delivered by John Brown. The character of Digger became so popular that at one point, producers considered a spin-off. Riley's signature catchphrase, what a revolting development this is, made its way into every script and always brought a hearty laugh from the audience. In 1949, Universal Studios released a big screen motion picture with many of the radio cast reprising their roles. Later that same year, NBC produced a TV version with Jackie Gleason playing Riley. Bendix was under contract to RKO, which included clauses preventing him from engaging in a television version. After 26 episodes, Gleason stepped down from the role to pursue other ventures, and Bendix came to an agreement with RKO, playing Riley on television for four seasons, 1953 through 1958. Unlike the radio version in which daughter Babs and son Junior remain the same age throughout the years, their TV counterparts developed into young adults. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of The Life of Riley. In this first one, Riley comes to the reluctant conclusion that Sidney Monaghan would have made a better husband to Peg than he. Here's The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley from 1948. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell, P-R-E-L-L, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. brings you The Life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes, leaves hair more radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. (laughs) 
Statistics show that the average American family reads 25 books a year. And the Rileys, being pretty average, bear out that figure. Wife Peg reads about six books a year, Junior four, and Babs 15, which makes a total of 25. Add to this the number of books that Riley reads, and you have a grand total of 25. <laughs> At this very moment, however, Riley is actually reading a book. In other words, the whole basis for a successful marriage Say, Pop, is... could you... Pop, what are you doing with that book? Well, what do you think I'm doing with it? I'm reading it. You're reading? Oh, gee. Now, stop bothering me, Junior. Junior, did you see my... Oh, Daddy, please put down that book. You know you shouldn't swat flies with a book. I'm not swatting flies, Babs. I'm reading. You're reading? Yes. Oh, Riley, dear, are you... Well, Riley... Don't tell me you're actually... Yes, I'm reading. What's the matter? Can't a guy curdle up with a good book? I, I'm just a little surprised. The last time I saw you with a book was last summer when you pressed a flower. Oh. <laughs> Very funny. This happens to be a book every married man ought to read. Oh, what is it? It's called How to Choose a Mate. Oh. Well, uh, aren't you reading it just about 18 years too late? Well, I ain't picking a mate for myself. I'm already trapped. <laughs> Thank you, dear. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trapped, but I love it. <laughs> I, I'm picking a mate for Babs. For Babs? A mate? For me? Now, please, stay out of this, Babs. This is no concern of yours. Oh, honest, Riley. Well, Babs can use that book. I've seen some of the goons she goes out with. <gasps> Shut up, Junior. Yeah, the boy's talking sense. This here book gives you a list of all the qualities a good mate should have. It's scientific. Well, don't you think love enters into it? We're talking about marriage. Why drag love into it? <laughs> now, with this book, I can find the perfect mate for Babs. Riley, Babs is only 17. Okay, that's just it. Soon she gets interested in boys. And when girls get interested in boys, what happens? Well, you see, Pop... What do you know about it? <laughs> Nothing. Uh. Well, see to it that you keep on knowing nothing for the next seven years. Daddy, you can stop reading that book right now. I have no intention of getting married for a long time. And when I do, I'll pick my own husband. Well, sure, Bibbs. But first thing we got to do is make up a little questionnaire for your boyfriends to fill out, see? <gasps> I won't stand for it. I just won't. Oh, Riley, put that ridiculous book away and stop trying to make Babs into an FBI agent. You're her father, not J. Edgar Hoover. Well, if that's the way you feel about it, okay. Let Babs pick her own husband. Let her marry some poor schmo who ain't got a nickel to his name. And when he moves into our house and I have to support him and give up my room to him, well, I have the laugh on you. Out catching some air? I don't need to catch it, Gillis. Peg and Babs just gave it to me. What happened? Well, I try to be helpful and they turn on me. You know what Peg said? How should I know what Peg said? I ain't the type person goes snooping around, eavesdropping on his next door neighbor. She said some pretty mean things to me and I told her off plenty. You was right. It ain't fair you should have to give up your room to Babs's husband, that smoke. <laughs> Gillis, you heard. Accidental, I swear. Uh, I just happened to come out to sit on the porch and relax. Riley, I wish you'd get a new rocking chair. It hurts my back. 
Okay, I'll get one. After all, my Babs is growing up. I, I just want to see when the time comes that she gets the right husband. Like it says in this book here, see? Qualifications for the ideal mate. You know, like me and Peg are. Like you and who? Peg, you know, my wife. Riley, you don't think... Give me that book a minute. Well, please... Where's that list? Oh, oh, here. Yeah, what are you doing? Qualifications for the perfect mate. Listen to this, Riley. What for? Peg adores me. She's crazy about me. Number one, the perfect mate is a good provider. Peg loves me. Two, the perfect mate is kind and generous. Peg likes me. Three, the perfect mate is always truthful. I'm one of her closest acquaintances. <laughs> Four, the perfect oh, mate... Oh, give me that book. What are you trying to do? Break up our marriage? <laughs> Every man, there's a woman. Right. I'm taking a bath, Dumplin'. Well, hurry up. I have something to tell you. Okay, I'll be out soon. For every man, there's a woman. For every Riley, there's a peg. Oh, that Gillis, always trying to worry a guy. Oh, what a stiff brush. <laughs> oh, he don't bother me none. I'm doing okay. Huh? Riley. Who said that? It's me, Riley. Your conscience. Uh, don't look, I'm naked. <laughs> don't worry, I live in your head. It's pretty naked up here, too. Go away, conscience, let me alone. Riley, Gillis was right. No, he wasn't. I'm a perfect mate. Are you sure? Item one, the perfect mate is a good provider. I'm a good provider. Every week I bring Peg home 54 bucks in my pay envelope. How much did you bring home last week? $39. What did you do with the other 15? I bought a piece of meat for dinner. For $15? Yeah, there was a sale. You're lying, Riley. All right, so I bought a new pair of pants. I'm entitled to it. I had to get rid of the old ones. After all, he ain't wearing bell-bottom trousers anymore. Always thinking of yourself. You don't love anybody except Riley. Which brings us to item five. The perfect mate is affectionate. I'm very affectionate. Are you? When was the last time you took Peg in your arms and said, I love you? Well, it was last... Uh, the other... Uh, I remember on our honeymoon. <laughs> that was 18 years ago. Well, I've been busy. I had other things to do. <laughs> I raised two kids. Which brings us to item six. The perfect mate never nags his children. But... The but, perfect mate is never jealous of his wife. But, but... The perfect mate has a sense of humor when things go wrong. But, but, but... Well, what have you got to say for yourself? But... <laughs> You're no bargain, Riley. All right, so I ain't a perfect mate. Let me alone. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Let me think. Get out of my head, conscience. I'll never get out of your head. Okay, stay there. But I'm warning you, one more crack and I'll stick my head under the water and drown you. <laughs> Peg. Well, it's about time you got out of that bath. What took you so long? Well, I, I was reading this book, Peg. In the bathtub? Yeah, I read better underwater. <laughs> Peg, there's a list in this book. Oh, Riley, throw that silly book away and stop worrying about baths. 
After all, she's still an adolescent. It ain't, Babs. This time I'm worried about a middle-aged adolescent. Oh. Well, I haven't time to talk now. I gotta prepare dinner. Sidney'll be here soon, Sydney. and I want Sidney Monahan. He's in town. He's coming here. Well, yes. He phoned while you were in the tub, and you know, Sidney, as usual, he didn't make a reservation in a hotel, so... So you invited him here. I didn't. He invited himself. Well, you could have told him our house burnt down. But I answered the phone. Well, you should have told him the phone was the only thing we saved from the fire. (laughs) You don't use your head, Peg. Oh, Riley. I don't like this Monaghan making a hotel out of this house just because you're an old flame of his. Why, Riley, you're jealous. Oh. <laughs> Who's jealous? Me jealous? <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> well, you got nothing to be jealous about. But please, when Sidney gets here, try to be pleasant to him. Well, I'll be pleasant. Why shouldn't I be? Only it beats me what a nice girl like you ever saw in a mug like Monaghan. Boy, are you lucky you married a mug like me. <laughs> Aren't you the modest one? Uh, a girl could do a lot worse than marry Sidney. Well, what did you see in him? I don't know. He's not my type. Well, Sidney's very nice. He, he, he's got a wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> sense of humor. And he's kind and considerate. Oh, kind. And he's successful. He'd be a good provider. <laughs> good prov... Wait a minute. Did you say sense of humor, kind, and good provider? Yes. What are you looking in that book for? Peg... Tell me, is he also intelligent, a good mixer, tactful, loyal, and neat? Mm, yes, I'd say so. Oh. And one thing about Sidney, he's very ambitious and hardworking and a go-getter. Wait, Peg, you're on the next page already. <laughs> Why, what are you talking about? Nothing. I, I, I think I'll take a walk. Well, Riley, what's wrong? Nothing. I just want to blow my brains out with some fresh air. <laughs> It's you again. Let me alone, I told you. You're in trouble. I'm not. Admit the truth. There's nothing to admit. Admit it. All right, I'll admit it. Monaghan's the perfect mate for Peg. Yes, he's the one she should have married. Now he's coming to stay with us. Peg will look at him, and then she'll look at me. What a revolting development this is. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. We'll bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in a moment. From Atlantic to Pacific, folks are saying Prell's terrific. Yes, everywhere it's... P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. Prell is a hit everywhere for two reasons. First, Prell spells glamour for dull, drab hair. Because Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo. It can't leave a dulling soap film. Prell brings out those glorious natural highlights, leaves hair soft and smooth, easy to manage. Second, in as little as three minutes, Prell removes unsightly dandruff, and regular shampoos control it. Doctor's examinations proved it. What's more, Prell goes farther than any known shampoo, cream, or liquid, because it's more concentrated. So try the shampoo in the handy tube. For hair radiantly lovely, free of unsightly dandruff, try Prell. 
P R E L L Pearl Shampoo. Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright. Not a bit of dandruff is in sight. Comes in a tube, handy too. P R E L L Pearl Shampoo. Buy Pearl Shampoo. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. And it's a life which is now complicated by the arrival of one Sidney Monahan, who, according to Riley's researches, is the perfect mate for Peg. Peg, I just can't get over it. I just can't believe 18 years have passed. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. Oh, don't quit kidding, Sidney. No, no, I mean it. You look like a young girl. Is this the mother of two children? No. <laughs> Boy, is he dumb, Peg. He thinks the stork brought Patterson Jr. <laughs> Riley. Uh, Peg, you don't look a day older since I last saw you. You still have that same wonderful complexion. Like, like the bloom on a peach. Oh, oh thank you, Sidney. <laughs> Riley, why don't you ever say sweet things like that to me? Because you don't give me free dinners. <laughs> I have to pay for mine. Oh, Peg, this big lug don't appreciate you. I told you you should have married me. Don't you say that, Monahan. Riley. Well, uh, well, I'm just kidding, pal. Mother, can Junior and I go to the movies tonight? Oh, no, Babsy. You went to the movies last night. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. Oh, let us go, Mom. There's a swell bill. No, dear. Peggy Pie, you won't mind. Uh, kids, this treat is on Sydney. Here, get load seats and buy yourselves a box of chocolate. Oh, <laughs> boy, thanks, Sydney. Oh, thank you, Sydney. You're, uh, is it all right to take it, Daddy? No, no, you, you give it back this minute. Okay. Will you give us the money, Pop? Well, I guess it's all right this time. Riley. But remember, Monahan, this is only a loan. I got some pride, you know. The kids will pay you back. Say, talking of movies, did you hear the one about the old maid who sat down in a movie and suddenly she yelled, Usher, Usher, help, there's a man in my seat. And the usher said, well, what do you want me to do, madam? And the old maid said, tie his legs, he wants to leave. <laughs> Good Where do you get all these funny stories? Oh, I just made it up. <laughs> oh, Sydney, you got such a wonderful sense. Riley, where are you going? Oh, just out for a walk. But, dear. Four is company, five's a crowd. Riley. Leave me alone, conscience. I've got a headache. Riley, do something about Monahan. Stop pestering me. I ain't going to listen to you. You don't even exist. Give me an aspirin, will you? Go buy some. Well, let me a dime. I don't exist. Do you want him to steal the affection of your wife and children? Remember, he's the perfect mate. I know, I know. All right, tell me what to do. Be as good a man as Monahan. You too can be the perfect mate. You're right. Whatever Monahan does, I'll do better. That's the idea. Be kinder, more affectionate, more generous. Leave it to me. I'll start tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Do it now. Now, yeah. Right away. I'll show him. Well, Riley, you weren't gone very long. No, and you know something, Peg? You don't look a day older since I last saw you. <laughs> I can hardly believe 18 years have passed. You look so young. Are you the mother of my two children? No. <laughs> And your complexion, like the fuzz on a peach. What, what on earth are you talking about?
talking about? Well, I, I meant, I, I, I said... Riley, take some aspirin and lie down. I can't. He won't lend me a dime. I mean, I'm okay. Well, you don't sound it. Well, come on, Junior. If we're going to the movies, we better hurry. Now, speaking of the movies, I heard a funny story about this old maid who started to yell, Help, Usher! There's a man in my seat. And the usher says, What do you want me to do? And the old maid said, Tie your legs. I'm trying to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you get it? it? Oh, oh! You don't think I'm funny? You think Sidney's funny? You laugh at his jokes. Riley. Well, I'm... I don't need you to laugh at my jokes. I don't need any of you. I can laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> What a mess. They're probably sitting in the living room right now laughing at me. Well, I'll show them. He laughs best who laughs last. You're telling me. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking... F you look dreadful. <laughs> Digger. Did you ever think you got rid of a guy for good and then suddenly he came back? No, when I do a job, I do it. <laughs> well, it, it's that Monaghan, you know, Peg's old boyfriend. He's staying with us, that no-good phony. Riley, you're jealous. Well, I got a right to be jealous. You see, Digger, he'd be much better for Peg than me. I ain't right for Peg. We ain't a bit alike. Don't you know that opposites attract? Now, my wife and I, we're divinely happy. But do you know what she was when we got married? Uh, a lifeguard. <laughs> but this Monaghan, he keeps flattering Peg and he gives the kids money. He's digging the ground from under me. Everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> Riley, you must protect your happy home. Go to this scoundrel. Bid him be gone. You're right, Digger. I'll do it tomorrow. Now, at once. In my profession, we have a say. Never put off till tomorrow who you can put away today. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Sydney, did you... Why, Sydney, you're packing. Yes, yes, it's time I was off. Oh, but your train doesn't leave till Wednesday, you said. Uh, I'll stay at a hotel downtown. Oh, but it's only for a few days. You might as no, well... No, no, Peg, it's better this way. Haven't you noticed how Riley's been acting? Why, that big dope is actually jealous of me. Oh, it's not serious. He's always been jealous of you. Yeah, no. Even at your wedding, remember? <laughs> he let all the ushers kiss you after the ceremony, but when it came to my turn, he made me kiss him. <laughs> oh, well, I, I kind of like his being jealous. But this time, he's got it bad. By the big lug, really miserable. Honest? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then I'd better talk to him and tell him how ridiculous he is. Oh, I never heard of such nonsense. Oh, Peg, with Riley talking doesn't do any good. Now, take a tip from me. You want some peace of mind? Be extra sweet to him. You know, lay it on thick. 
Well, if you think it'll ease that mind of his, I'll try it. Hey! Hey! Well, there he is. Go on now. Cheer him up and I'll finish packing. All right. See you later, Sidney. Oh, oh, here you are, Peg. Peg, I... Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> Peg, I... You talking to me? <laughs> well, who else would I be calling, sweetheart? Oh, you look tired, dear. Sit down. Right. Oh, no, no, not over there. Here on the couch, beside me. Oh. Well, gee, Peg, why aren't you nice to me like this all the time? I don't think you love me anymore. Why, darling, how can you say that? Oh, I don't blame you. After all, I just ain't the right kind of mate for you. Peg, you can leave me any time you want. I- I'll treat you fair. I won't ask for too much alimony. <laughs> now, Dear, you know you're just talking nonsense. But as far as I'm concerned, you're the perfect husband. Perfect? Am I really? Of course, darling. I wouldn't change you for any man in the world. Not even Cary Grant? Cary Grant, he can't compare to you. Well. (laughs) So you get these crazy ideas out of your head. And you really love me? Of course I do. Well, then, Peg, uh, talk to me like you used to. What do you mean, dear? Well, you know, like we did on our honeymoon. Oh, oh, don't be silly, dear. We're an old married couple now. I knew it. You don't love me. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. Uh, Well... Well, go on. Go on, say it. Does Wiley Piley warm his widow Peggy Wedgie? <laughs> Who knows Wiley Piley warms his widow Tootsie Wootsie? Who is my widow Yummy Yummy? Who is my widow Yummy Yummy Yummy? Uh, Beat it, Junior. Your mother and me are on our honeymoon. (laughs) Sorry. Can Widow Junior Punya have a nickel with (laughs) me? I just gave you a nickel, Wickle. This. (laughs) Peg, he's making fun of me. (laughs) Well, it's your own fault you asked for it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. It was worth it. Because now I know you're still crazy about me. Oh, what a dope I was. I actually thought that... Hey, that reminds me, I got some unfinished business to finish. Monaghan! In here, Riley. Monaghan, I'm giving you ten seconds to get out of this house. Oh, Riley, I don't... If you ain't out in ten seconds, I'm throwing you out. Riley, that's no way to treat a pal. You're no pal of mine, you sneak. Huh? You want to break up my home, but it won't work because my peg is crazy about me. She'd rather have me than Cary Grant. That shows you how crazy she is. <laughs> Why, you conceited ape. Ten minutes ago, Peg was so fed up with your childish shenanigans, she was going to knock your block off. And she would have, too, only I, Monaghan the Boy Scout, begged her to be sweet to you. Oh, just as I thought. You're jealous. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a guy who's jealous. Well, if you don't believe me, go ask her. You're lying, Monaghan, but you, you can't fool me. There ain't a liar living that I ain't a match for. (laughs) Now, 
Now your ten seconds are up. All right, all right. I was leaving anyway. I ain't letting you leave. I'm throwing you out. Oh, Riley. Go on, go. Stop jumping. Go on. And don't ever show your face around here again. What was all that noise? Now, don't you worry, Peggy Weggy. I just threw Sidney Pitney down the steps. See, Wepsies. You did what? I bounced Monaghan. Chester Riley. How could you do a thing like that? But he was trying to break up our home. He's the best friend you ever had. He was going to leave of his own accord because you were acting like a child. Peg, don't call me a child. I'm practically 40, and you just said I'm a perfect husband. Only because Sidney asked me to. Gee, he did? He, he really did? Yes. I wanted to bawl you out, but he didn't want you to feel bad. Do you realize how silly you've been behaving? Now, wait, Peg. You are, without a doubt, the most childish... Now, wait, Peg. Take it the easy. The most infantile, the most ridiculous... Peg, control yourself. The most exact... Monaghan, Sydney, come back, Sydney, darling. I can't live without you. <laughs> We'll be back in just a moment. The Wonder Shampoo. That's Prell, Procter & Gamble's Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. Yes, people with dry hair, oily hair, unruly hair, all find Prell an amazing success. Miss Helen Dernagel of Scarsdale, New York says... My hair has always been the unruly, hard-to-manage type. But since using Prell, I find it easier to set, easier to manage. Now my hair has the beauty I've always dreamed of. Yes, Prell can work wonders on your hair, too, because Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo you've ever used. Removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Prove it for yourself. Buy Prell. P-R-E-L-L Prell Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube, handy too P-R-E-L-L Prell Shampoo Oh, please put out the light, I'm sleepy Well, first forgive me, now come on, say you forgive me, Peg All right, but you get rid of that silly book right away Okay, but I think you're making a mistake By studying this book, we can pick the right kind of husband for bed Now that's ridiculous My father didn't have to read anything to pick a husband for me Oh, uh, you're lucky, all he ever read was the racing form If he'd have picked you a mate today, you'd be married to Citation <laughs> Riley Citations earned over $500,000, and he's only four years old. You're 40. Oh, you keep quiet. What? Nothing, Peg. Nighty whitey, yummy, yummy. Invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as well. The script is by Reuben Schiff and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Would you like to keep your dainty lingerie lovely longer? That's my problem. I certainly would. But how? Well, you can be sure that your lovely lingerie is safe in snow. Yes, wonderful ivory snow. Pretty washables can stay lovely longer with ivory snow care. Your hands will tell you why. Just wash dishes with ivory snow as millions do. See how ivory snow pampers your hands. Then you'll know it's extra kind to pretty lingerie. It's the only soap, both ivory mild and granulated for efficiency. 
There's just no other soap like Ivory Snow. So use the soap especially made to keep dainty things lovely longer. That's it. Wonderful Ivory Snow. Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble again brings you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix, from October 8, 1948. Heard in the cast, Paula Winslow, John Brown, Scotty Beckett, Sharon Douglas, and Conrad Binion, with Ken Niles announcing for Prell and Ivory Snow, as heard on NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 Classic Radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of The Life of Riley for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Riley is sick of his son, Junior, asking him for money, so he persuades Junior to start a lawn mowing business to earn his own cash. Here's The Life of Riley from 1950. Hey, Riley. Yeah? What do you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. What else? Smoother, smoother, smoother flavor, zest and sparkle, millions favor. Taste that smoother, smoother flavor, Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Internationally famous Pabst Blue Ribbon. Finest beer served anywhere. Presents The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. With a sincere wish for good weather everywhere, we apologetically report to the rest of the nation that this day dawned bright and sunny in the part of California where Chester A. Riley lives. He rose early, ate a hearty breakfast, and since the aircraft plant is closed today, Riveter Riley decided to put his holiday to good use by doing various odd jobs around the house. Jobs that he'd neglected to do for some time. So Riley dutifully took his tool chest, went out into the backyard and for his first chore, began to put up a new hammock. He hammered a large nail into the tree. Hammered a nail into the other tree. And then he put up the hammock and stretched out in it to test it and see if the nails were secure enough to support his weight. Now, that was at 10 o'clock. It is now 12.30, and the test is still going on. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm shot. I'm shot. Peg, why did you do it? Take it Peg. easy, Pop. I didn't hit you. Huh? Well, Junior. Junior, what are you doing with that gun? I'm just shooting at that bulge in the tree there. Yeah. Well, you hit the bulge in the hammock. <laughs> oh, you want to kill somebody? Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Pop. I didn't mean to hit you honest. But it's only a BB gun. It can't hurt you. Can't hurt me? Oh! Oh! What's all the yelling oh. about, Riley? Why are you sitting so funny? Well, your son almost blew my brains out. <laughs> Junior. I'm sorry. Honest, Pop. There's some son you got. A sniper. Ain't <laughs> you got nothing better to do than go around taking pot shots at people? I'll shoot a tin can. Now, you be more careful with that gun, Junior. You're not going to be allowed to play with it. Some kid. When I was your age, I didn't go around shooting my father behind his back. <laughs> Why don't you go play baseball? Nah, there's nobody to play with. Most of the gang went camping up to Big Bear Lake for the weekend. Well, why didn't you go camping? Because you said you wouldn't spend the money. Hmm. Always excuses. Anyway, there's other things to do besides going camping. You can have fun right here in town. Why don't you go swimming? The only place to go around here is the Y. Well, why don't you go there? Because you wouldn't give me the $7 to join. Oh. First, I didn't want to give you money for camping. Now I don't want to give you the money for the Y. Next thing, you'll be calling me a tightwad. <laughs> go on, say it, say it. I dare you say I'm a tightwad. Well, you are a tightwad. I ain't asking you. I'm asking him. <laughs> can I go now, Pop? No, you stay here. Now, listen here, young man. You got two weeks Christmas vacation ahead of you, so you better find something better to do with your time than hanging around the house all day. Well, at least you could be constructive, Riley. What do you want him to do? Well, let him get a job, go to work. But it's my vacation. So what? When I was your age, I worked every school vacation. I was ambitious. Why, one summer alone, I had a job with an ice man, then I got a job helping a milkman, then I helped run a corner newsstand, then I got a job in a livery stable. What's the matter? Couldn't you hold a job? <laughs> He's such a wise guy. There's one rule in life you ought to know, and that rule is learn the meaning of hard work when you're young, like I did. Then you'll get somewhere when you're old. Like you did. <laughs> well, there's an exception to every rule. Now, look here, Junior. Tomorrow morning, you look through the one, Ed. Oh, Riley. He's only 14. Now, he's studied hard at school all term. Let him have a little fun. Sure, I want to have some fun. Yeah, fun. That's the trouble with the kids of today. That's all they think of. Fun, fun, fun. But work? Oh, no, let the old man work. Well, why shouldn't he have some fun? A boy's got to learn to stand on his own two feet. He's got to learn to be self-reliant. That's the American way. Ain't you ashamed, Junior, coming to me every week, week after week, for your allowance? No. No? You're not ashamed to ask me? Why should I be ashamed? I ask you, but you never give it to me. <laughs> Again with the money. Now, just for that, I'm going to teach you a lesson, Junior. You ain't getting a cent out of me all during your vacation. Oh, Pa. If you want money, you'll have to work for it. Now, Riley, why don't you think about it? And, and, and later when you feel that... I maybe... mean it. My head is made up. <laughs> work, work. That's my motto. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a lazy loafer. Oh, but Pa. Now, stop swinging this hammock. I want to take a little cat nap. <laughs> Wake me up in six hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're home early, dear. Yeah, I walked instead of taking the bus. Where's Junior? On the back porch, I think. He was a minute ago. Oh, did he look for a job today? Well, he disappeared right after he got home from school. Maybe. Maybe? You don't know? 
I got more important things to worry about. What's more important than your boy's future? I want to know if he looked for a job today. Well, then go ask him. All right, I will. Junior! Junior! I'm out here, Pop. Oh. Oh, Junior. Uh, oh, oh, hi, fellas. Hi, Mr. Riley. Hi. Junior, uh, did you look for a job today? No, Pop, I... I thought I told you you're going to work this vacation. Oh, I am. But I'm going into business for myself. What? Yeah, mowing lawns. Me and Joey and Willie here. We're partners. See, if we can get a hold of ten bucks, we can rent three lawnmowers. And with the three of us working, boy, we'll clean up. Oh, now, Junior. You're still a child going into business for yourself. Anything to get out of work. But, Pop, this way... You'll never make a go of it. You, you know the kind of a neighborhood this is. Every guy mows his own lawn. You don't. <laughs> or gets his wife to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, but if we get three Don't lawnmowers... Don't you know the only way to make an honest dollar is to put in your eight hours every day and collect your pay at the end of the week? But we can make this pay off if we can only get the lawnmowers. Sure, Mr. Riley, well, we can make oodles a boodle. I figure we can make each... Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. At least it's better than loafing. You're making a stab at work. I'll give you the ten bucks. Oh, you will, Pop? Yeah, there you are. Here. Oh, boy, hey, thanks, Mr. Pal. Riley. We'll pay you back, Pop. Ah, oh, forget it. But believe me, it's just throwing away good dough. You'll never make a go of this. Oh, sure we will. We got 40 customers lined up. Five dollars each for a month. That's $200 a month. Well, gosh, in 12 months, that's um, $2,400. <laughs> Partners, I think we can make a go of this. Partners? What does he mean, we? Well, it's my 10 bucks that's putting you in business. My. You gave it to us. Gave it to you? Oh, you kids have got a lot to learn about business. I didn't give it to you. I ain't no philanderer. I'm an investor. <laughs> I'm bringing in the capital, ain't I? Well, if you don't want to give it to us, then lend it to us. And we'll pay you 4% interest, just like a bank. Oh, you want a loan? Well, okay. What's your security? Security? Well, sure, that's what the bank would want. Pop, I give you my words, you'll get the dough back. <laughs> what bank would take the word of O'Reilly? <laughs> uh, I've been all through that. Uh... Well, okay, I, I guess we'll have to make you a partner. Yeah, I guess so. Everything was going along so nice. Well, what are you worrying about? I'll be fair. I'll let you kids have a controlling interest. All I want is a measly 49%. <laughs> that leaves 51% for the three of you. And any time you want to get rid of me, all you have to do is call a meeting of the stockholders and you can vote me out of the corporation. Oh, can we do that? Well, sure. I'll draw up the bylaws and we'll make it legal. Now, anything else we need? Oh, hey, yeah. We need some dough to buy weed killer. It's two fifty a gallon. Two fifty? Well, that's ridiculous. I know where to get some weed killer for 75 cents a gallon. Well, that stuff's no good. Yeah, the other stuff's guaranteed. Now, look, it's all the same stuff. It's just different labels. The weeds know, don't know the difference. <laughs> but, Pop... Look, look, don't try to tell me about weed killer. You get the 75 cent stuff. Okay. All right, Pop. You see, I just saved you two and a quarter. You need a guy like me in the organization. Now, okay, fellas, get the lawnmowers and the weed killer and get to work bright and early tomorrow. The Riley Lawnmowing Company is now in business. And remember our motto, don't let the grass grow under your feet. <laughs> Hi, Peg. Boys here yet? Uh, yeah, they're here. Oh, swell. Now, just a minute. Uh, we got a meeting, Peg. That's what I want to talk to you about. Now, 
Why don't you leave those kids alone? Well, now, Peg, I'm helping them. Now, listen to me. They're better off without your help. Well, that's a nice remark to state. The way you talk, you'd think I was trying to swindle them. Well, I I didn't mean that. Only I think... I I couldn't even if I tried. I only got 49% of the profits. They get 51%. Well, why should you get so much? Well, how do I know there'll be any profits? Suppose they don't vote any. Well, that's right. right. They don't have to vote any profit. No. With their 51%, they control the vote. <laughs> Riley, I, I don't think you were very smart on this deal. No? <laughs> well, don't you worry. I thought of everything. On paper, they control the vote. But you don't think Junior will vote against me. No, the two of us will decide what profits are taken out. And if the other two kids step out of line, why, we'll just vote them out of the corporation. <laughs> oh, Riley, you wouldn't do that. Peg, there's no room for sentiment in business. Besides, it'll be a good experience for the other two kids. It'll train them for the future. But, Riley... No, no, later, Peg. I got this meeting. Hi, Mr. Riley. Hi, Pop. Hi, partners. Okay, the meeting of the stockholders of the Riley Lawnmower Company is now called to order. Ow! Oh, my hand. We gotta buy a gavel. Okay, Treasurer Junior, let's have your report. Well, to date, we've collected uh, $75. And we spent $6 for the weed killer. Leave $69 cash on hand. Well, that's not bad, partners. Not bad for one week's work. Now we got to decide how much of the $69 goes for your salaries and how much for profit. Now, uh, how about $15 for salaries? $15? Yeah, and $54 for profits. Do I hear a motion? Yeah, I move the whole $69 be paid out in salaries. 23 each for the three of us, me, Junior, and Willie. Second motion. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no, you can't do that. There's a motion on the floor. Yeah, take a vote. Okay, you want to vote, you'll get a vote. This is a fair and square outfit. All those in favor of this ridiculous, stupid motion, say aye. Joey? Aye. (laughs) Willie? Aye. (laughs) And I vote no, so the motion is defeated. Hey, wait a minute. Junior didn't vote. What? What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, okay, Junior, let's hear you vote. I vote aye. Uh, you see? <laughs> ah. We win. 51% to 49. Okay, here's the dough, fellas. 23 for you. 23. Oh, wait a minute. 23 for you, Junior. No, no, just a minute. Here's yours, Willie. Oh, boy. Now, wait, you can't do this. Here's your share, Junior. No, don't take the money, Junior. Oh, boy, 23 bucks. You're out of order. You can't get away with this. I'll take my $10 back. Okay. I move we give Mr. Riley his $10 back and kick him out of the corporation. No, wait. Second the motion. No fair. All those in favor? Aye. No. Aye. No. Aye. Aye. I mean, no. (laughs) Junior, you can't do this. Okay, Mr. Riley, here's your $10 Well, this ain't legal. You can't do it. Oh, yes, we can. It says so in the bylaws. Those bylaws are crooked. (laughs) But you wrote them, Pop. But I... You... This is... Oh, what a revolting development this is. You have just heard the first act of The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. Now, here's a question you hear everywhere. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. When you hear the fights on the radio With the fighters trading blow for blow The moment that bell begins to sound It's Pabst Blue Ribbon from the very first round What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon Pabst Blue Ribbon beer Smoother, smoother, smoother flavor Zest and sparkle, millions favor Taste that smoother, smoother flavor Pabst Blue Ribbon beer Finest beer served.
anywhere. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Say, do you want to know how to judge truly fine beer? Well, friend, just make the three-way experts test. One, see the clear color and look at the creamy head. Two, sniff that fragrant Blue Ribbon blend. Three, taste the flavor the whole world knows. Then you'll agree... Finest beer served anywhere, Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. And now back to The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown. Well, the Riley Lawn Mowing Company is still a going concern only without its president and founder, Chester A. Riley, who was ousted in a shrewdly executed voting maneuver on the part of majority stockholders Junior, Joey, and Willie, aged 14, 13, and 12 and a half, respectively. My own son. My own son. Oh, stop it, Riley. My own son stuck a knife in my back. Well, you deserve it. I deserve it? Is that a way for a son to act? Young Henry Ford didn't do it to old Henry Ford. <laughs> Young Nelson Rockefeller didn't do it to old John Rockefeller. Young Sears didn't do it to old Roebuck. <laughs> but young Riley can do it to old Riley. That's okay, eh? Well, there's no room for sentiment in business. What kind of a stupid remark is that? <laughs> you said it first. Yeah, and I was right. That was the smartest stupid remark I ever made. Well, I'll teach them a lesson they'll never forget. Well, there's nothing much you can do about it, dear. Oh, no? Well, you take a look in the backyard. Hmm? Uh, why, it's a lawnmower. Yeah. Where'd you get it? It's a power lawnmower, and I rented it. What for? With that lawnmower, I can mow lawns in one-tenth the time it takes those kids. So I'm going to hire some boys, pay them next to nothing, undercut Junior's prices, <laughs> take all their customers away, and put them out of business. That's the kind of a man I am. <laughs> and you're not ashamed to admit it. I... For heaven's sake, Riley, why don't you leave those kids alone? Now, you got your money back. It ain't the money... I'm going to teach those kids a lesson in business. It'll be an education for them. They got to learn just because they're big businessmen, they can't shove the little fella around. <laughs> You're the little fella? Well, Why, the three of them together weigh less than you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw my weight around. They got to be taught a lesson. You'll see by this time tomorrow, they'll come crawling back to me, begging me to come back in the corporation. Oh, Riley, this is the meanest thing I ever heard of. How can you be so petty, taking advantage of kids? When I married you, I never realized you had this side to your character. Yeah, well, there's nothing you can do about it now. You're stuck with me. <laughs> I'll show them. They think they got me licked. Well, they'll find out I don't give up that easy. A Riley never says die until he's dead six months. Nonsense. You're no different from my other customers. <laughs> Digger, it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> what are you doing here on my threshold? I came to see you on business. In that case, let's not stand out here on the street. Come into my parlor and stretch out. <laughs> I like to see people comfortable during a business discussion. Okay. Oh, dear. Uh, what's the matter, Digger? I haven't got my key with me. Ring the bell, will you? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, sure. 
<laughs> Someone must be home. Ah, yes. Here comes one of my sons. Hello, Papa. You know my youngest son, Mossbank? Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, he's getting to be a big boy. Oh, yes. Pretty soon he'll be big enough to help me carry the load. <laughs> what are you doing with that shovel, son? Just playing, Papa. I'm digging a hole in the backyard. <laughs> Bully for you. Make it a nice big hole and Papa will give you something to put in it. <laughs> I'm buying a new weeping willow tree. Thanks, Papa. Charming you. I believe boys ought to learn how to plant things at an early age. It helps them later on. Now, what did you want to see me about, Riley? Well, Digger, I'd like to mow your lawn for you for a small fee. But your son, Junior, and his friends are doing it for me now. And they're doing a bully job, too. Well, I'll do better. But I made a deal with the boys. We have a verbal contract. Break it. Oh, I can't do that. Twenty years in business, and I've never broken my word yet. When I make a promise to a customer, the promise is always carried out. <laughs> and so is the customer. <laughs> But you're paying Junior $5. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for two fifty. No, no, I don't approve of price cutting. I tried it once in my business. It was disastrous. A customer came along. I offered to do the job for 100 My competitor cut the price to 50 I got angry and went down to 25 He went down to 10 One thing led to another. We started calling each other insulting names. He kept throwing dirt in my face. And I kept throwing dirt in his face. Nobody was throwing dirt in the customer's face. <laughs> but, Digger, I'll do the job for two fifty, uh, $2. No, no, Riley. And if you ask me, I don't think it's very nice of you to compete with your son, Junior. Now, look, Digger, I didn't come here for a lecture. And if that's going to be your attitude, you and me are through. Even if you wanted to, I don't want you for my customer. Oh, I'm sorry, dear chum. As far as I'm concerned, there are no hard feelings. And believe me, I'll always want you for my customer. Here <laughs> you. You'd better be shoveling off. Well, what did Joey say? Why the meaning, Junior? I don't know. He just said, be at the house and... Oh, here comes Joey now. Hiya, Joey. Hi, fellas. Well, what's up, Joey? Why'd you call a meeting? Something wrong? Plenty. You know that weed killer your father made us buy? What about it? It worked good. It kills the weed. It works too good. It not only kills the weeds, it kills the grass. You're kidding. Honest. I went to Peterson's house. You should see that lawn. There just isn't any grass. Just, just a couple of patches here and there. And I checked on all the other lawns. They're just as bad. Holy smoke. All of them? All of them. What'll we do? Mr. Peterson says we have to put in a new lawn or it'll make trouble for us. Gee, we'll have to work for weeks and we won't make a sale. We'll lose money. It's all your father's fault, Junior. He got us to use that cheap weed killer. Gee, guys, I'm sorry. A lot of good that does us. Gee, what do we do? Oh, watch it. Here comes your old man, the big brain. <laughs> cut it out, Joey. Well, 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 if it isn't the big businessmen. Uh, lay off, will you, Pop? Uh, what's the matter, boys? Why the long faces? You look worried. Why shouldn't we? It's all your fault, Mr. Riley. On account of you, we'll probably lose all our customers. Oh, so you found out about the jam I got you into, huh? <laughs> but I didn't expect you to cave in this fast. <laughs> now, look, I don't want to be too tough on you, 
I think you've learned your lesson. Now, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come back in the organization. You want to come back? On one condition. That I'm the boss. I decide who gets what, what profits there are. I have full responsibility. And as far as you're concerned, you, you fellas have just got jobs. You, you're working for me, okay? But, Pop, there's something you ought to know. Oh, no, I don't want to know nothing. Yes or no? But, Pop, we just found Shut out... Up, Junior! Yep. Is it a deal? We'll have to pay for all the damages if you're boss. What damages? That weed killer of yours ruined all the lawns. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised at you, Junior. Just because you don't want me running things, you make up a cock and bull story like that and you expect me to fall for it? <laughs> well, I'm just a little bit too smart for you. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Riley. No use trying to fool you. Oh, you bet there isn't. But, Pop... Quiet, Junior. That's right. You're too smart for us dopey kids. Yep. Well, what do you say, fellas? Is it a deal? Am I the boss? Yes, sir, Mr. Riley. Willie, I'm the boss. Oh, sure. Junior? Okay, if that's what you want, boss. Uh -huh. Now, just so that there's no misunderstanding, I got a little agreement here that I want you to sign. Here, here's a pen. Okay. No, no, wait a minute. No, no, read it. I want you to know what you're signing so you won't say that I tricked you. This paper just says that I have full charge and absolute control. That's okay by us. Uh-huh. There. Sign, Willie. Ah, now you, Junior. Ah, that does it. Now, let this be a lesson to you, kids. If you want to get somewhere in business, it ain't luck. It ain't tricks. It's brains that does it. Yeah. <laughs> you taught us a lesson, all right. Hey there, Joey. I want to talk to you. Oh, oh it's Mr. Peterson. Well, Joey, what are you going to do about my lawn? I advise nah, you... Nah, 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 nah. Just a minute, mister. If you've got something to say about your lawn, you better talk to me. What have you got to do with it? Well, I have full charge and responsibility. Oh, is that so? Yeah, these kids just work for me. I got a paper to prove it. There, see? <laughs> well, I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> I just spoke to my lawyer, and I found out you can't sue a minor. But seeing you're in charge, I want to tell you something. I'm not only speaking for myself, but for ten other people as well. Unless you repair the damage your phony weed killer did to our lawns, we're going to drag you into court and make you pay through that big, fat nose of yours. Goodbye! Wait! I'm a minor! Wait! <laughs> they did it! The kids did it! I didn't do it! But, Mr. Riley, you're the boss. Well, yeah, you're it! Well, you, why, you... You swindlers, you tricked me. Why didn't you tell me about the weed killer? I told you, Pop, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah, you were too smart for us. Let this be a lesson to you, Mr. Riley. If you want to get somewhere in business, it ain't luck. It ain't tricks. It's... I know, I know. It's brains. And believe me, I wish I knew where to get some. <laughs> We'll be back in just a moment. But right now... You can travel 15,000 miles to far-off lands and distant isles from tropic sun to arctic snows. It's Pat's Blue Ribbon the whole world knows. In Napoli, where Nick and Tony enjoy fine beer and macaroni. Always get a welcome smile when you ask this question in Italian style. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. 
What'll you have? Pass the ribbon. Pass the ribbon, Bill. Yes, wherever you travel, to Europe, the Far East, South America, or right here in the good old USA, you'll find folks enjoying that international favorite, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Remember, the quality that has carried Pabst Blue Ribbon around the world is yours for the asking. The next time the waiter asks you, what'll you have? Tell him you want the world's number one favorite, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Finest beer served anywhere. <laughs> But, Peg, you don't seem to realize the spot I'm in. Every night when I come home dead tired, I'll have to put in a couple of hours on those lawns. And all day Saturday and Sunday and holidays. And my two weeks vacation next summer. Uh, well, what's there to laugh about? Well, I think it's very funny. I don't want to be an I told you so, but uh, I told you so. Yeah, well, all right, so you told me so. But I wouldn't be in this gym if it wasn't for that Joey. At least my junior warned me, but I didn't listen. That junior's okay. He plays square. He's a real honest kid. He tried to do me a real good turn, and I'll never forget it. Now, I wonder how I can trick him into doing those lawns for me. <laughs> Suppose I tell him that I'm sick, and the doctor won't let me get up out of bed. And friends, do you hear what I hear? A lawnmower and Chester A. Riley. What do you have? Pab's Blue Ribbon. What do I need? Pab's Blue Ribbon. Pab's Blue Ribbon beer. Smoother, smoother, smoother flavor. Zest and sparkle, millions favor. Taste that smoother, smoother flavor. Pab's Blue Ribbon beer. What do you have? Pab's Blue Ribbon. This is Riley, alias William Bendix. And so they were married. But John and Mary didn't live happily ever after. Quarrels over money almost separated them until they asked family service for help in budgeting. Now John and Mary are on their second honeymoon, thanks to family service. Just one of 155 agencies supported by your community chest contribution. Give enough to do enough. Pledge now to your community chest. No other gift does so much for so many. Pabst Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Alan Lipscott and Reuben Ship. Music by Lou Kosloff. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Digger O'Dell is John Brown, and Junior is Bobby Ellis. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. The Life of Riley is brought to you by the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and sent your way with the best wishes of Pabst Blue Ribbon dealers from coast to coast. See you next week. Jimmy Wallington speaking. Tomorrow, Herbert Marshall plays the mysterious man called X on NBC.
And that's The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix from December 8, 1950. Also heard in the cast, Paula Winslow, John Brown, and Bobby Ellis, with Jimmy Wallington announcing for Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, as heard on NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 24 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 24 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two mystery episodes of Suspense, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>